This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So... I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. Are you doing your part? It's not me asking this one. Pretend that I'm God. Are you doing your part? (laughs) Is that how God sounds? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, I crack me up over here. Okay. Of course, don't pretend that God is speaking through me, but I pray that he does. And today he talked to me loud and clear in the first readings. And it wasn't until the very end, the very end, that I got it. So, far be it for me not to read this. And I really want to emphasize how important it is to read the Bible. If you know nothing about it, that's okay. We all started with nothing. We all started absolutely clueless on what this whole thing is about. So don't be, you know thinking that you don't have the capacity to learn it, you do. And I always think that God is going to look at me at the end of my life and say, so what did you think of my book? (laughs) I don't want to be sitting there and saying, yeah, I never took the time to read it. I never opened it up, never really dove in because you know what? I didn't think I would capture it. I wouldn't understand it. It was 2,000 years ago. It doesn't apply to me today. It's actually like a horoscope. For those of you who read horoscopes and were waiting for those things to happen, that's what the Bible is. It's telling us things that are going to happen. It's amazing. And also tell us things that did happen And why they happened, right? You get to know people. You get to know families. You get to know the struggles that they had with temptations. And so there we go. Are you doing your part? Let's get back to the topic at hand here. But it's really important. And this is, again, from the book of Genesis. When we think about 
God creating the world. My goodness, if you haven't read the full book of Genesis, I, I, I'm speechless for you. Like, just open up the puppy and start reading and, and just take in the awesomeness of it all. But it's also very gruesome and brutal. There's lots of murder, lots of betrayal and splitting and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's the whole point. The whole point is to really remind us that, look, everyone, evil has been around since the beginning with Adam and Eve and the ancient serpent all the way up to Jesus with Judas. I mean, come on. It's been here the whole time. Okay, so Genesis 17, verse 3 through 9. When Abraham prostrated himself, God spoke to him. All right, I'm just going to say right here, Abram, I think I might have said Abraham. He hadn't had his name changed yet, but Abram prostrated himself. Have you ever done that? Have you ever got down on your face, laying like a cross face down? I've done that. I've actually done that in adoration. It is not a comfortable position, but I'm telling you, that's how we should be approaching God. I remember one time I was in an adoration chapel. I was in the back. I must have been there for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I think. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, this dude pops up off the ground. I can't see him. He's up in the pews ahead of me. <laughs> Freaked me out. And I was like, whoa, that guy was prostrating himself on the tile floor, the marble floor. Unbelievable. So Abram prostrated himself. God spoke to him. My covenant with you is this. You are to become the father of a host of nations. No longer shall you be called Abram. Your name shall be Abraham. For I am making you the father of a host of nations. I will render you exceedingly fertile. I will make nations of you. Kings shall stem from you. I will maintain my covenant with you and your descendants after you throughout the ages as an everlasting pact to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. I will give to you and to your descendants after you the land in which you are now staying the whole land of Canaan as a permanent possession, and I will be their God. God also said to Abraham, on your part, you and your descendants after you must keep my covenant throughout the ages. In the Bible, when God changes your name, you're something special. Right? Abraham, Abram, they got an H in there. Sarah to, to Sarai to Sarah with another H. Jacob changes to Israel. I mean, it's pretty big when God changes your name and gives you a holy name. That obvious. And this covenant, right? He's promising him everything. But the most important part <laughs> that is kind of slid in at the end God also said to Abraham, on your part, you and your descendants after you must keep my covenant throughout the ages. 
All right. If that didn't speak to you, I'm speaking to you about it because I don't know how many of us are doing our part. And when I say doing our part, I mean, are we living the two greatest commandments? Are we finding our vocation in life, whatever it may be? And are we living as God commands us to live, but also living with God? Because we can't live the way God commands us to live if we don't have that relationship, if we don't have that reliance on him. If we don't cry out to him all day long, we won't be able to live the life that he wants us to, that he not only wants us to, but commands us to. There's a covenant here. And God will reward his people. We're not earning his love. We're just opening ourselves to more grace. That's a big difference. When we allow God in, when we invite him in every day and say, Lord, please, 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 please change my heart. Help me love people in my life more. Help me accept everyone where they're at right now, no matter what they believe. And most importantly, have me trust that you've got a plan that I will never understand. I don't know your timing. And because of all of that, I've got to humbly give it to you and trust you. Please increase my faith. Because the more we lean back on him, on the word, our life is going to be better, lighter, more loving, more carefree, if you will, more peaceful, more joyful. Because we won't be the ones carrying that burden. We will be asking God to carry it for us. And I just had a call with a coaching client yesterday And I reiterated how important it is for us to do our best to live in today, not tomorrow, not the past or yesterday, or even beyond that, living in today where God is, where Satan doesn't want you. (laughs) Satan wants you worried about tomorrow. Satan has lots of things on your to-do list. Satan wants you to realize in your mind which is false, it's a lie, that you are too busy to pray, too busy to spend time with God, that God doesn't speak to you anyway when you do it. So why waste the time? Just get on with your stuff so that you can get your to-do list checked off for the day. And that is a problem. That is a lie. And that is going to set your day up on the wrong foot. And who knows when you'll start thinking about God, when you'll see God, when you'll hear God in your life. It might not even be at all that day. 
Because again, when we start the day with the Lord and we give him ourselves, our blessings, our lives, our material goods, the ones in our family, all the people that we love, we stand before him completely empty, naked, if you will, as if we came into this life like that, which we did. So every day, if we can give God everything, including our will, asking him in, Lord, please, my will not be done, only yours. But we got to pay attention to what's going on in our lives. And we have to call on him when we need his strength, when we want his will to be done and not ours, when we're facing that temptation and our will is to do it. We know we're not supposed to. We have this urge. And if we don't stop and pay attention to do our part by calling on him and knowing, wait a minute, way back in Abraham, Abraham's day, and if you pay any attention to Genesis, there are lots of different people who came out of different places who looked like different individuals, blonde hair, red hair. I mean, they're all different looking. So Abraham's family is all over the earth. Who knows? The covenant, and by the way, the covenant also comes to all of those who are adopted in through baptism we are still a part, a continuation of Abraham and all of his descendants. Jesus coming to fulfill all the prophecies from the Old Testament in the New Testament, not abolishing, but fulfilling the law. So that covenant that God made is with us too. And we have to do our part. He said, and your part is this. <laughs> but the key, as always, we can do nothing without God. No thing. But we can do anything with him. So today, let's just try to live in today. And ask the Lord to take over to fill us with his love, peace, and joy. To show himself, to give us the eyes to see and the ears to hear what we need to see and hear today, which we may not be blatantly tuned in to the fact that that could be God. But if we reflect on our day, we may have that moment when we're like, wait a minute, I read that article online and wow, that was really speaking to me in a deep way. Whatever it was, perhaps maybe God put that in your path. God isn't just this booming voice that I horrifically imitated <laughs> in the beginning of this podcast. I never hear that voice, by the way. I never hear a voice. 
But he puts thoughts in my head, and a lot of people say puts it on my heart. And there are times when I am clear as day, as if he's standing in front of me, talking to me, telling me what he's putting on my heart, because I know it. I know it in many ways, right? A, I know it's something he wants me to work on and I'm struggling with. And B, sometimes when I'm struggling with it, he comes through with things like, look, you can, do, you can do nothing without me. Through the priest. Yesterday I talked about my confession. These reminders, which I hope he's speaking through me to you, like we have to do our part. It's time to stop making excuses for not taking those steps toward God, for not deepening your prayer life, for choosing not to love him. And I'm sorry to say it in those words, but it's a fact. You choose to spend time with God, which is our currency with him. And maybe it's not sitting in the morning in silence. Maybe it's more about talking to him throughout the day, being vulnerable, crying out to him, especially in your time of need, but also crying out to him in praise and thanksgiving when you see him in your life or when he gives you that grace to not snip at your spouse or to not eat that cookie that you said you weren't going to have during Lent. God is all around us and life is so much easier. This isn't a guilt trip. This is me just trying to help you help you. We all got to make that move. I'm telling you, it's not easy in the beginning. It's not easy even sometimes through the middle and I'm not close to any end. I'm far from the relationship that I know I can have with him. Far from it. And it's kind of fun to watch him work in my life. I laugh with God all the time. Like, you are a funny man. You, sh and I think that's why he communicates with me in a very blatant and sometimes funny way. Showing me things through humor, that's my style, right? I'm a fun-loving kind of chick. So it is quite funny when, you know, he communicates with me like that in my language. And he does the same with you. And you probably think it's yourself you're talking to. That's one of the keys. Because sometimes I thought that it, it was me talking to me too, because that sounded like my own voice. But then something would come into my head and it wasn't me. Like that was not me. By the way, Satan's done that too. And I now can tell the difference. And Satan comes in these beautiful moments like God to fool me and to trick me also. 
It's funny. I posted a meme on my social media. Actually, I think it was just Facebook. Something like, if you think that spiritual warfare is a joke, it's because you haven't entered the battle. A lot of people don't even know what the battle is about and that we face it every single moment of every single day. And it's one of those things where, man, if we just realized how much of the spiritual life is in our physical world and has impacted and manifested itself in our culture and in our lives, you know, we would not be so flippant about things like prayer and deliverance. You know, it's once you've had these moments where you're like, okay, whoa, (laughs) I now know evil exists. I mean, for me, it's been in a physical way, physical, spiritual, mental, but I'm not afraid of it. You shouldn't be afraid of it either. I'm not trying to scare people with this whole spiritual warfare. I'm just trying to bring the reality, the real reality. Hey, guess what? Reality reflections. That's why I named it this podcast, because I do believe that everything is upside down. If any of you looked at the picture of my podcast, it's a hand holding a glass ball. And behind it is the sky and the sea. The sky's on top, the sea's on the bottom, the way that we see it today, right? But you look through the ball... And in the glass ball, it's flipped upside down. And the more I walk this journey, the more God shows me how upside down reality is on earth. How evil has changed our minds. How good is now evil. And evil is now good. Having gone back a few years, oh my gosh, I can see, not a few years, a few decades. Seeing how evil has permeated, infiltrated, and perverted everything that God tried to establish. Everything about God's creation. I mean, now we have people mutilating children's bodies. And I saw a meme. Yes, another meme. (laughs) They're out there everywhere. The entire United States was covered in red. I'm sorry, covered in blue. And there was one state, the state of Florida, which was covered red. So all the other states are blue. And the key on this visual is blue equals any age and red equals after fourth grade. And at the top, it said groomers can talk to your kids. Now, what is a groomer? That's a new word. And I'm just going to tell you, I was groomed my entire life. I was groomed to think that Pornography was okay. 
sex before marriage was okay. As a matter of fact, you want to do that so that you don't marry someone you're not quote unquote sexually compatible with. Heck, I even thought having sex outside of my marriage was okay because the world told me, hey, you could just get a divorce. I kept my options open. Horrific thing to do to my husband, to my husband's family, to my family who loved my husband. What a rotten thing to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I knew it was wrong, but I did it anyway. Why? Because I was groomed to go by my feelings. The culture, the TV, the commercials, the movies, the magazines, it was all about do what makes you feel happy and damn everybody else. The actual opposite of what God tells us, right? Love is sacrificing for someone. God and people around us and ourselves. Loving ourselves is sacrificing those bodily whims and those, those things that we do that damage us. Nowhere does the culture say that you're going to have that walk of shame when you have sex with that guy. Oh, and by the way, good luck having him call you back. That's not the way to have a good, loving, caring, long-term, forever marriage. And what happens if you get pregnant and then you may be faced with, because the culture says it's quote-unquote pro-choice, you may be faced with having an abortion or giving up a baby. I mean, think about these things. So God put these commandments together to protect us from ourselves. There's no good that comes out of having sex outside of marriage. No good. Maybe a few minutes of pleasure. So I'm just talking about me and my grooming. And that was back in the day. Now you've got groomers everywhere. Technology. There was another meme that I saw going back to the baby boomers and what percentage of people were even thinking they were another gender or even thinking about transgenderism. It was like 0 0.008. And now with, what is it? It's not Gen X, Gen Y or whoever is the, the millennials. It's maybe it's the millennials are right after them. 20, something like 22, 23%. I don't remember these numbers, but that's a huge jump. And it's because they are being groomed through school, through programs, through corporations, through, look at what they do on sports, right? Look at the big politics and the agendas that are in sporting events and all of that. It's so in your face. But it was amazing when I saw that American picture of, of the United States of America and only one governor has put the law up that says you as a teacher do not have the right to groom these kids to talk to them about their sexual disorientation or sexual confusion, gender confusion, whatever they want to call it, that is a parent's right. 
But the funny thing is, not so funny, it stops at fourth grade. So what, then you can start talking to them in fourth grade? And why are all these other states not doing anything about it? This is grooming. And this is where the culture also makes us as Christians not able to defend, or we think, because then we will be labeled bigots or other things. And that is so not the case. I'm sorry I'm going down this track, trap, this track here. But I just want to say that this is what it's all about. We've got to do our part. We have to speak truth. We have to get God in our life, learn what he tells us to do in life so that we can basically blame it on him, <laughs> right? I believe what God told me, and God told me this in the Bible. It's not me. It's him, and I believe in him, and we can just stand up for our beliefs, and other people believe in other things. Why can't we believe in our thing? But our thing calls us to be different. Our thing calls us to stand up doing the right thing, the good, godly thing, the, the thing that the Lord put in the Bible, our covenant, our part. So let's do our part somehow today, loving ourselves, loving our neighbors, loving God, loving them where they're at, but also not being afraid to speak truth when God puts it in our heart. That's why we best be speaking to him all the time, because we need to know, do I say something? Is this person ready to receive this information or do I wait? You know, because that's a big, big, big question. And it should be asked a lot, especially if you're talking about something serious. <sighs> okay. All right. So here we are another day as we're getting into Holy Week. I hope, I hope and pray that you are doing your part. And if not, start doing it today. This is not a guilt trip. It's a moment for all of us to realize that every day we can start over. Every day we can have a renewed spirit, and every day we should be asking for God to come into our hearts and to take over. Take over, Lord. Possess me, Jesus. Possess me. All righty, everyone. This is a long one. Sorry. I love you all. Go find something more with God, please. And have a blessed and inspired day.